What's up, Airheads? Welcome back. It's time once again for Putting On Airs. I'm Trey, and that's Corey. I'm in Airstream Studios. He's in Airstream South down there in Georgia. Mm -hmm. How's it going down there, Cho? Well, it's good, except for one thing that just happened to me that I kind of feel, it might be a stretch, but it's sort of POA-related because I just uh, accidentally ate old yogurt. Um, I think yogurt is fancy, but eating old yogurt is trash, so I think it, you know, it kind of fits. Yeah. And I did this about 30 minutes ago, and right before I ate, accidentally ate this old yogurt, I had also taken a pretty high-test caffeine pill, Ooh. and when those two things hit in my stomach, mm -hmm. um, what I just did to the turlet yeah. right before I came up here was not good. So, you know, normally I have to go take a pee break during the show. I have a feeling that it might be a, uh -huh. a butt break, so yeah. hopefully I'll be okay. Break. Yeah, that's a gut bomb you uh, drew up for yourself mm -hmm. there. Old yogurt and caffeine. That'll do it every time, I reckon. Uh, the, uh, will, the old yeah, yogurt, if you're constipated, go for it. The old yogurt is sort of we is sort of related to what I'm going to be talking about today. This is another idea from my lovely wife, Katie, our set designer and everything. She said, uh, you know, Venn diagram, fancy and trash, where they overlap. Eating weird shit. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, rich people eat a lot of wild and turns out cruel and unethical stuff. So that's fun <laughs> to talk about. And, and, uh, you know, delicacies are often weird. Yeah. And then also, you know, trash trailer Americans, we eat some pretty weird and wild stuff too, but on the totally opposite end of the spectrum. So I thought that was a good subject and I've got some good stuff for it a little later after which you are going to be talking about, uh, what's, uh, pro cho uh, uh, about. Uh, I'm finishing up last week's discussion oh, yeah. on Julius Caesar. Right. Last week, we got so in the weeds. We were still talking Barely about Caesar, started. but it's fine. Yeah. yeah, right. We got so in the weeds talking about the mythology surrounding people like Julius Caesar that I didn't actually get into his life. So today, we're going to finish that, and I'm super pumped. Right on. Well, that all sounds fun, but before we get started, I know you're wanting to talk about Harry a little bit, which will also hit, mm -hmm. but before any of that, I've just got a quick clip I want to show you. I saw this on Reddit last night, and I think it's very relevant to POA, and also it killed me. So I'd like <laughs> to show you this clip free of context. Dale, producer, big, BPP, Big Papa BPP. producer, we don't, uh, don't even need sound, but if you could uh, pull that clip up and show it to Cho here. All right, watch this, Cho. All right. It says when Irina and Kylie show up in the same dress. You like that dress? Yeah, that hits. Yeah. Check us out. Watch this. <laughs> Look. Look at this. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what? Can Dude, you believe that bitch wore the same dress to no. this? And, what, and if y'all, if you're only listening, it's Kylie Jenner, or whatever, in some supermodel, and they wore the same dress Dude. to a to a fashion event. But the dress in question has a gigantic lion's head on the <laughs> side of it, so it's extremely ostentatious and over the top. And not, it's not like having something off the rack at Forever Twenty One that you both show up to the same frat party in. You know, it's like that but taken to the extreme. Now I will say some people were saying that there's 0% chance that this happened by accident because of the way these people operate. Cause the designer that did that yeah, right. is super high level. She like made a deal with Kylie to wear that dress. She also obviously knew the dress would be on the runway. So like, there's no way it was an actual mix-up, but frankly, I don't care because that clip, no, me the way it plays out, <laughs> is just so beautiful. It's like yeah. it's like a scene it's from like, a movie or a sketch I was about, or something. It's I, like yeah, that I was, not another teen movie scene yes. where 
the girl is the like, naked. I can't believe she wore the same thing as you, and they're both just butt they're naked. Both butt naked. Yeah, it's it's that joke, but in real life and with a lion's head dress, it fucking killed me, dude. Yeah, I was gonna go a bridge further and say that like I could see Tim Robinson doing that on I think you should leave or something like yeah. Because like it's such a, a low like a low concept. We're wearing the same dress to a party. High concept. It has a lion's head on it, and that's right. kind of exactly what he does. Yeah. Oh my god, but, dude. Yeah. Have and we I done mean, have we done fashion before? I did designer stuff. I didn't limit it to just clothes, but I talked about designer clothes, but also designer other things too. And then for the oh, yeah, redneck version, design was Big Johnson, and yeah, no yeah. fear and stuff like that. <laughs> Which still counts, uh, but it does. It does. Yeah, I, I just thought that clip was uh, POA appropriate and also very funny. But I have nothing else on it, so we can go ahead and talk about the the spare if that's what you want to get into. Yeah, it is Trey. I am. Uh, I'm reading uh, the spare right now. I'm slowly reading the spare, and I say that because uh, I'm not shitting on Harry. Um, it's not. It okay. The book is interesting because he's spilling the tea on the royals, not because he's a great writer. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's an autobiography. Any, yes, it's and an you're autobiography. Listening to it, right? Does he read I'm, it? And he does read it. Uh, okay. Man, here's that. And I'm let me let me get to that. Let me get to something I wanted to say, but you just brought that up. Here's what I think is going on. Now, I have flip-flopped on Harry so many times. I know most people, most sane people, be like, why do you have an opinion at all? Well, because of this show. I don't really give a shit, you know, one way or the other, but I'm invested in it because it's entertaining to me, which is pretty much how I view all the royals. Like, I don't, I'm not like my mom who went, you know, wore black for 10 days after the fucking queen died, <laughs> but, like, they're entertaining to me. And so... I was I've been putting this whole thing in my head together of like he says that he wants to leave the royals because he wants to live he doesn't want to be in the him and Megan don't want to be in the public spotlight anymore and then arguably he's been more in the public spotlight since he left the royals than before than before he left right and I was thinking here's what I yeah. think happened here's what I think happened I think that Harry has just found out the value of a dollar for the first time in his entire life. I think that in his brain, he was like, oh, how much does we'll need to live? And then they cut mm -hmm. his ass off and he was like, fuck me, I better write a book. You know yeah. what I'm saying? How much could an ascot cost anyway, really? <laughs> yeah, right. But, but don't, don't you think there's a little bit of that to okay, it? Okay, well, first like, of all, I didn't they know. Cut like, they, like, they cut him off completely financially. Because, you, you know, I'm I haven't sure. kept up with this shit, really, at all. So, because I, I know from watching The Crown, when old boy abdicated for that American floozy, uh, which is still so wild. I know we talked about it on the show. But when that happened, he was like, you know, ostracized. But he still had the money and shit, though. So, like, with Harry... Mm -hmm. He, they they cut it all because if they I mean, cut it all yeah dude he at some point you got to realize like i gotta get something going this ain't well <laughs> like this is gonna be a problem i just kind of figured we, he was on the outs but he still had some kind of you know fund he had access to or something but i well, don't know I, I haven't kept up with it with edward he did have money but i think it was more of like an allowance that helped him maintain a certain lifestyle but it's not like he still had access to the wealth of the entire royal family probably and i'd say that if harry's not completely cut off which at one point i read that he was but if he's not completely cut off 
I'm certain that he is not getting as much money. And so therefore, in order to keep up with, I mean, dude, imagine the lifestyle you're accustomed to if you're 38 years old and your entire life has been lived at Buckingham Palace. Like it's yeah. a it's a lifestyle unimaginable. So, so they the way they the way they put it, part of their rationale was we don't want to be in the spotlight anymore because if so, yeah, like you said, they've been way more in the spotlight now than they <laughs> right. ever were before. But I mean, I guess I can allow for the idea that it might be a very different kind of spotlight. They're not in the of spotlight course. in the context of they are actively part of the royal family. Do you know what I mean? They're not like, yeah, they're being judged against the standard of someone who has left the royal family and been of kicked course. out of it as opposed to still being a part of it, which I think is probably at least a little bit different. So, but yeah, I mean, they've definitely, their profile has shot way up since they left, like objectively. And they had to know that was going to happen to, you got to know that's going to be a big deal. So yeah, well, I don't know. as I said, as I said, I flip flop back and forth on Harry because as someone who takes their mental health seriously, and I do, I've related to Harry in the, uh, you know, like I, I've, I've had depression issues and no, and everybody was just like, suck it up. Nobody cared about those kind of things. And so when he comes out with that, I'm like, oh, I'm on your side. And like, yeah, man, like I, I know you're a privileged royal, but like depression doesn't discriminate and mental health doesn't discriminate. I'm, I'm, I'm for you in this regard. But then, like, he just keeps doing shit that I'm like, okay, but, like, you could just not go on 2020. You know what I mean? Like, you don't you don't fucking have to do that shit. So I'm reading the book. Again, I'm in the part that's if another person had written this book with the same talent that Harry has for writing, I wouldn't have cared about it. But because it's him talking about his family and spilling all the tea, I'm super, super into it. And before we go any further on me breaking it down, uh, I would like to uh, play for you by far my favorite quote from the book right now. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, I'm just going to play it for you here. The past is never dead. It's not even past. When I discovered that quotation not long ago on brainyquote.com, I was thunderstruck. I thought, who the fuck is Faulkner? <laughs> so, what? So for those of you that couldn't understand, he said, he goes, uh, he goes, the, this is the quote, the past is never past, or the the past, past is something not dead. about the past. It's the not, past is not. It's dead. not even In the fact. Past. It's not even past. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And he then he said, which is a William Faulkner quote, a uh -huh. famous William Faulkner quote. And then he says, when I heard about that quote on brainyquote.com, yeah, I thought to myself, I thought to myself, who the fuck is Faulkner? Now, yeah. a couple things to pack to, to unpack here in this number. One, when I first heard that, I actually got a little bit of respect for Harry, just a little bit, because he could have legally said that he heard that quote anywhere. That he, was, he didn't right. have to admit that he didn't know who William Faulkner was first. And he chose to go, you know what? I know it sounds dumb as fuck, but I'm going to be honest. I heard it on brainyquote.com. Right. It's like, uh, it'd be like if he said, like, you know, I've recently discovered a, a veritable font of wisdom on the internet, a nice little resource known as Yahoo Questions. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> which are like, or Yahoo Answers, whichever one it is, but it's known as being like the dumbest place on the internet where people just go, <laughs> dumb people go to ask other dumb people questions. It's like, that's such a basic, at, like, brainyquote.com. Also, I got to wonder, 
he said, who the fuck is Faulkner? Yeah. And it's fine. I got my seersucker on, but it's like, uh, I, is it, do they like condescend to American authors over there? Do you know what I mean? Probably. It's like, it's Especially all Southern Tennyson, ones. all Tennyson and Byron and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, we don't uh, deign to read that peasant Faulkner and his, his hill ramblings, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like, they, like, is that dude, what it is? You think that just like, I, cause dude, you know, I, a fuck a guy like that, he's getting educated on education yes like sure like i would have thought that's almost all i would have thought in terms of like as far as literature goes and stuff i would assume they're heavy on that i would have thought but if they're so like imperialist and fucking rah-rah britain and hail britannia that like they only fuck with like the british authors and poets and stuff which there are plenty of them then that's kind of hilarious to me because I feel like you can totally see that. You can see them being that way. And it's such an on the nose thing to have happen. And maybe it isn't, but that quote right there makes me yeah. feel like that's what's because how, how do you not know about Faulkner? Dude? I, that's what I like. Like, I, I agree. It's got to be something like that. It like, he's one of, like, we know all of their best ones, you right. know, and we're illiterate hill people. So, right. like, how do they not know our best ones, you know? Because, like, f- dude, Faulkner, like, you can just accidentally know who William Faulkner right. is. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's like, what I'm saying. It is- makes it seem like a purposeful exclusion from the curriculum. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, American yeah. authors or whatever, they just don't do that because it's, you know, it's beneath them or whatever. Yeah, Amber, Amber... Harry kind of reminds me of my wife in this sense because my because Amber will also like I'm going to use this as an example just because I, this isn't an actual example but is it is exactly the type of things that would be I'll be like oh uh, did you see that new Al uh, the trailer for that new Al Pacino movie and she's like Al Pacino and I'm like yeah Al Pacino yeah. what what do you and she's like Corey quit doing quit doing this to me you know that I just don't know people's names and I'm like Amber you could literally have had your head under a rock for the past 30 years and still would know who Al Pacino is. So I feel like Faulkner's in the same vein. Now I want to break down just a couple of things that I've discovered so far in this book. First, I would like to tell you that the chapters are comically short. Uh, I'm not even a third of the way done with the book and I'm on chapter 62. <laughs> like, what? like holy shit! Like he's got. Are they just yeah, like little mini know, like, essays I, or something? Is that what's going on? Like about his experience? Like, yeah, is he's it, got it. Is it linear? Like, does it start his childhood and go through, or is it just like a chapter on how he feels about soccer? <laughs> a chapter on no, you know, no, it's his mama. It's linear. It, okay. It's linear, and he's got three like sections, and I'm still in section one, but. He'll talk about himself in the army. He's like, I was, you know, I joined the army. And then it's the chapter is four sentences long. And then so, yeah, it kind of is like essays, but like they should have just I don't know. It's just when you're listening and they go chapter 62 and then two seconds later, they're like chapter 63. It's like, dog, just keep that there. It's all linear. Just keep it fucking going. But anyways, um, in the book, he says that Prince William physically attacked him. Uh, this, uh, apparently happened after a conversation they had, uh, which William called Megan difficult, rude, and abrasive. And it escalated until William quote from the book, grabbed me by the collar, ripping my necklace and knocked me to the floor. So the air and the spare in a Got little, uh, Tyson Fury, 
Yeah. Yeah. Gimmick. I mean, hell, they're brothers, you know, uh, even like even fancy brothers like that, I would assume get into a little row every now and then. His necklace, though, he Without had chains. Question. Harry got chains. <laughs> it's just a gold Winston Churchill skull or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> King, so King Charles, this is he's, then he he has this whole huge section where he talks about his dad and how much he don't hit for his dad right now. And so Charles, Charles, this is the quote: uh, King Charles tells him. Don't make my remaining years miserable. <laughs> so so he says in the book, he said, So though I'd flown home specifically and solely for Grandpapa's funeral, while there I'd asked for this secret meeting with my older brother Willie and my father to talk about the state of things, to find a way out. I tried to explain my side of things. I wasn't at my best. For starters, I was still nervous, trying to keep try, fighting my emotions and uh, keeping them in check while also striving to be succinct and surprised. So a uh, punk from this, he goes to his dad and he's like, listen, w me and Megan want to be out from the royal family. And Charles's response was, don't make my remaining years miserable, which really hits for me because like uh, it's so... You know, Queen Elizabeth was the queen for ever, ever, right? Ever. And it's like Char Charles is almost eighty, so it's like he's had to wait for so long to he's be almost the king. 80? And as soon, I'm pretty sure he I is. Knew, I mean, I knew I he mean, was old and everything, but damn, I know he was eighty. That's I mean, he's I mean. like he's probably like seventy seven. She probably had him when she was fucking twenty nineteen, dude. Yeah, I oh, mean, okay. I never realized I mean, she I, had them like that young. I, I get that it's like a whole thing. You got to breed if you got that good blood. Yeah, back then they'd be doing that. They did. They do be doing that. You know, because she got married that's, quick on account. Uh, of I've talked about kids before, but that's another specific one I could cover is having kids at nineteen. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> or at least like back in the day, like if you're real fancy yep. and you got nannies and governesses and shit like that, yes. then go for it. Okay. Have all good. of them. If you're in a trailer, what are you going to do? Fucking hits, and here we are. Now there's kids. So, yep. so uh, he also he also said that when him and when he went to confront Harry, uh, his dad and uh, William, they genuine and all the stuff about you know the royal family being racist had been out. All the stuff about the mean things they said to Meghan had been out, and he said that like when he went to talk to them about this, they genuinely were like, wait, what do you, what do you mean? Like they had no idea what, that anything was going on or what? like they, they either They're had that no idea that anything, insulated, I guess, or, or they heard all of it and were like, that's eh, so that way we're racist. What are you going to do? You know, right, like, I don't, yeah. I don't know which one it is. Um, he also, Charles apparently jokes about Diana's affair with James Hewitt to the boys and did when they were kids. So he writes that his father would joke, who know he was talking to Harry, who knows if I, or yeah, who knows if I'm really the Prince of Wales, who knows if I'm even your real father, maybe your real father is in Broadmoor, darling boy. So like he would just like constantly joke to them that Diana or he might not be their father because their mom used to fuck everybody. So he like knows, it seems to me like. For I sure. I feel like that implies that that he knows, you know, because yeah. on that previous episode, y'all pulled up that picture of the dude who's, uh, you know, yeah. rumored James to be his father and he looks just fucking like him. And it's like, so now knowing that Charles openly talks about it, I'm pretty sold, dude. I don't, it, I yeah, me, 
Me too. Which which boy. explains which explains a lot of his um what's the word here? Um aggression towards Harry or like real him really being mad at him, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like, like John Snow. Even, it's like Catlin to exact, John Snow. And John you know? Snow, yes, exactly. God, that which was not cool, by the her. way. Yeah, I'm about to say I don't. No, that York, was not York cool not be at like all. That, and Charles ought not be like no. that either. I don't support that. I'm just drawing a, a line between the two. Anyway, go. He on. He also, he also, even when the boys were young, he would get mad at Charles. He Charles would get mad at them if they brought up their mother because he thought it was disrespectful to Camilla. Like in any situation, he didn't want to hear none of it. Like them talking to like, they could just be like, Oh, I miss mommy. Or remember when mommy used to take us to the countryside, he'd be like, Bro, stop it. This is different. Right. Lunatic shit. Insane. Like, that's yeah, truly horrific. I'm not surprised that any of these people are bad parents. I'm kind of surprised that they even like consider themselves as parents in the first place. Cause I know right. they just be handing them off. And then they, you know, once a day for an hour, it's like present the children. That'll be enough, you know? And then they take them back <laughs> out of the room. And so, you know, they're not much in the way of parents, but shit like that is, I mean, that's, that's real uncool. <laughs> you know, for, that's fucked up, dude. Two more things before we, we move on. But he admitted to killing 25 people in Afghanistan, you know, while he was at war, not just like when he was partying yeah. with his buddies, yeah. you know, which is way different. But like, that's crazy because like, what? I remember we, me. Really? What's he, what, what's his like position? What'd he do? I would have just assumed those dudes were like kept behind a fucking iron curtain you know you keep your ass at the base come out wave at the soldiers every now and then do something whatever but we ain't letting you do shit and one of them like flew right william or harry like, yes flew shit it, uh, it's harry was a pilot just like so his, he like uh, dropped bombs on people well that or sniped him out of the helicopter or whatever i don't know but here's the thing because I, I, I never in a million years would have thought either of those dudes was actually in the shit doing well stuff. Me, like i'm me, stunned by that me either and let me flip it for you because when i heard that obviously listen fuck war fuck having to do war but like we do have to go war so like you know god bless the boys that do it for us yes um but but I'm the same way, but when I heard, I was like, oh my God, he actually saw action. I, obviously, my res my respect for him, I was like, okay, damn, dude, like you actually, you definitely didn't have to do that, but you got in some shit. But then this information was laid on me, and I was like, oh, well, fuck you. So they, the army, the British army, it wasn't like this is coming from the queen. I mean, it kind of was coming from the queen, but it was really coming from the British army. They didn't want him anywhere near any of the action because it actually, he made them more of a liability of course, because yeah. any other company, any other uh, army regiment out there from the other side that knows that he's about, it's like, we got to take them out because if we get him, we won the fucking thing. Like we can just capture him yeah, and they'll pay about say, he's a money. hugely high value hostage target i mean that's what i mean it's like i would have assumed everyone involved would have agreed completely he can't be nowhere out there because it's just well it's a problem for us well they they did that and he p bitched and moaned and pitched a fit and was like no i won't listen it's not fair i want to be able to do what anybody else can be i don't want special treatment because of who i am and they're like we're not giving you special treatment because of who you are you're a liability because of who you are so then when i found that out and he still i was like wait a minute so like 
you not fighting would have actually served your country more. And then you chose to fight. Like, what are you fucking doing here? Like, like you, you need to do this so bad that you're going to risk your entire company. I mean, I don't know. I still do understand where he's coming from with it. Like I can respect the, the, the notion, you know, of like, no, I'm just like anybody else. Although like, I know in his head, he's like, I mean, I'm not, of course we, we all know that I'm not, but I'm, I've got, enough awareness and everything to at least say to all y'all that I'm not any different. And I mean, he risked his life to do that. Yeah. Right. 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 He risked his life to seem that way. So even if it is an ego thing, like he fucking did it, I can tell you right now, I ain't fucking fighting in no war. I don't give a fuck what happens. I don't Uh give a shit, dude. I'd have been the biggest draft dodging son of a bitch you have ever seen in your life. I promise you. I'd have been sitting right next to Woody Guthrie, smoking a joint and banging a black chick promise. So, <laughs> you got anything to say? Well, I mean, this is going to be raving, but it's true. Actually, I think it was maybe on a well-read episode when you weren't there. I feel like it was just me and Drew. I can't remember what it was for, but it was, uh, and I told him, we were talking about 9-11, Natch, right? And uh, <laughs> and I asked it don't him, hit, I was, by the way. I was like, no, 9-11 don't hit. Everybody knows that. We've always right. said 9-11 don't hit. It's like Hitler. Yeah. It's like genocide. Gen- genocide. Those don't hit. Uh, but mm-hmm. I was after nine eleven. I, I asked him, I was like, did you try to like sign up or whatever? And he was like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I, cause the army came to our high school and set up a booth yeah. in the halls of our high school, of course. In, like the weeks after nine eleven, And like, I walked up to him and tried to like tr- literally tried to sign up, but I was too young in 2001 and they wouldn't let me. And by the time I got old enough, we'd already started all of our bullshit, meaning like with yeah, Iraq right. and all that. We'd already well, you done all see that either. stuff. And I was like, that's true. I didn't have the real bad problems back then. I just had glasses. So they could just give me those military issue glasses. It would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was by the time I became of age, I, I had already realized like, oh, we're on some bullshit over there and I ain't about that. And so that uh, sort of changed it for me. But I've kind of I'm I, like, I know how this sounds. But also when I was in college, I got like recruited by a lot by uh, military intelligence because I took that ASVAB test, which you got a gangster story about, about the ASVAB test, which I respect. (laughs) But I took it and murdered it as hard as you can because I was always a good test taker. And uh, and for every now and then and for a while, I've. It's not regretted it, but I've I've got too many friends that were in the military to like regret it. But uh, I don't know. I've always had kind of a thing in the back of my head about like, what if I'd have done that or whatever. But I mean, we were still like actively at war at that time. But I don't know. There's always just been part of me that's kind of, I don't know, gravitating. Not me, buddy. Yeah. I don't know. I've just always kind of. And I don't even feel it's like a serving your country. Yeah, you're a thing. fucking hero, Trey. We get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we yeah. understand why. pretty much. I think that's where it comes from. Yeah. How can my, I bear my... more of the world's weight on exactly. my broad shoulders? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly yeah, I, it. I get you. Well, hey, speaking of <laughs> speaking of war, I think you remember when Harry pretty famously wore that Nazi uniform to a party. Yeah, we showed that picture on an episode. Uh, I actually didn't remember it until that oh, episode really? when it came up, and then we talked about it, yeah. Well, so obviously we know that, but something I didn't know that I learned in the book, and this is my last fact here, he he wore that Nazi uniform to a party. He claims that it wasn't his idea. And by the way, I would like to say that in the book, he expresses 
tremendous regret, calls himself a moron, says his only excuse is stupidity and naivete. So, like, he went, like, you know, two whole paragraphs, which is five chapters. Uh, he explains how sorry he is. Um, but he says that William and Kate are the ones that told him to do it. And not only that, so him and William and Kate are all going together. William dressed up like a lion and all of them were joking. Like he was in like a tight skin lion suit and all of them were sincerely joking on the way there that they thought that William's costume was going to be the thing that hit the press because he was wearing such a sexy lion costume. And apparently it didn't even cross their minds that him wearing a Nazi uniform would like that, sort of be a big deal. That is so absurd. That's like so I know, dude. out of touch and disconnected and everything that, that, I mean, that's hilarious. Like that, that's all, that's like a comedy yeah. sketch almost like two brothers going I know. to a Halloween party. And one of them is in a sexy lion suit. And the other one's like, Oh, you, and you established that they're very famous. And the other one's like, right. Oh, you know, the press is going to lose their minds over this. It's going to be all over everywhere. You're never going to hear the end of this. Too. I don't know what you're thinking, buddy. And then he like opens the door and gets out and he's got the swastika on his arm. It's <laughs> on the Nazi hat. It goes to walk in like, except that really happened. So yeah, that's funny. And that's I mean, it was, it was like a war themed you know, party of some kind. I, you can't justify. He was dumb as shit. And he also admitted to doing a bunch of Coke and shit back then. It's like, dude, if I've got access to billions of dollars and I'm on Coke, I could see myself at 20 putting on a Hitler uniform and going to a party. You know what I mean? Who among us? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've well, mentioned that's all I got before. on Harry. I mean, I've mentioned it before on the show when we, so I, I, I won't do it again. This, I literally said the same thing when we looked at that picture of him in the first place. So no reason to do that. We'll just move on right after this break. Let's, uh, let's actually back, take a, yeah. I will be, uh, I'll be talking about where the Venn diagram overlaps fancy people and trash on the subject of eating weird shit right mm. after this. Y'all, it is cold out there, but you know what ain't cold? My ding dong. And that's right, baby. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that confidence will take you far in life, and that's especially true in the bedroom when it comes time to step up to the plate, a.k.a. the crotchal region of the one you love. And that is where Blue Chew comes in. Trey, tell them about getting a new dick with Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. Also, you can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead to get down, or you can just be ready to get down whenever an opportunity comes up. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you will receive your prescription within days. That's the best part of the whole deal. It's all done on the internet there, which means no more visits to the doctor's office, no more awkward wiener conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, running into your old guidance counselor, none of that. Because Blue Chew's tablets are made right here in the U.S. of A. and pre prepared and shipped direct to your door in a very discreet package. Cho, tell them about the experience. Oh, my God. Blue Chew made my dick like Nick Cage and Face Off, baby. It was a whole different thing, but that thing was good. My wife loves it. When that white envelope shows up, she knows that I'm about to break it out and blow that back out. You know what I'm saying? So if you could benefit for some extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. Have better sex. And we got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code POA at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code POA to receive your first month for free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? 
SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. And we're back, everybody. And, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So I feel like fancy and trash alike. They like to eat weird shit, although pretty different types of weird shit when you think about it. So I got a bunch of different examples. Uh, that I, Well, first of all, I guess on just on the general subject, why do you think that is for either group, Joe? Well, it's it comes down to necessity for the trash. Yes, I mean, absolutely. it comes down to it comes down to pure necessity. You know, uh, back in the slave times, they basically sl- and and a lot of poor Southern culture comes from slave times uh, because yeah. that was a, a group of people who, if they were making this part of the chicken for the white man, all they had left was the trash, gross yeah. part, and they right. had to figure out a feet. way to make it get hit. out of here. Yeah, right. And they're like, mm-hmm, sure yeah. will. I'm going to pick them. So, pig ears and feet, stuff like yeah. that. It's like, do something with that, motherfuckers. And then they did. They made it yeah. hit. And everybody's like, God damn, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah, they can do up. anything. They can, right. Yeah, you exactly. think they can jump? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so with, obviously with poor people, it comes down to necessity, gross, weird things are going to be cheaper because they're less in demand. I would say with rich thing, with rich people, it comes down, it goes the other end of the spectrum and it's an exclusivity thing. Things that are Always. weird, but weird because they're rare. Right. Yep. Um, or yes. just, I don't know, because like, there's also like, I, I've seen like fancy restaurants where they have like glazed ants you know what I mean? And it's mm. like, well, those aren't expensive. So, but I've never seen a redneck be like, I'm going to put some ants on this biscuit. That'll hit. Well, that's another element of this conversation is that like some things that poor people made hit rich people have now rich. co-opted as yep. they are want to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, like okra and uh, lobster, especially fucking. Yeah. Lobster used to be poor people. shit. A lot of people don't know that, but in more recent mm-hmm. times, like uh fucking oxtails are expensive now. Yep. You don't know, hit. like such a slap like in that. the face. Yeah, it is. It is bullshit, but yeah, that type of, they be doing that shit. So that's another element of the conversation, but just talking about some of the things that uh, rich people are into. First, I want to talk about some like gross examples, examples that I feel like don't hit, but, and I don't really understand why they're expensive, but these are not like, they are expensive, but they're not outrageously expensive. We'll get to some of those things later. This is more like, I don't know why anyone would pay a premium for these particular things. So the first one is pretty famous. I'm certain you've heard of it. It may have even come up before. Uh, Kopi Luwak, which is that coffee that's made from cat poop. Cat beans. shit. Yeah. I knew. I knew yeah. So the, the civet cat or civet cat, wild cat, eats these eats this coffee plant and can't digest the beans and it shits them out. And then they make coffee out of that and charge you a hundred dollars for a cup. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that's an, that's another one where like, if I think with a lot of these, if you took people that had no idea what any of them are and you say, is this a fancy thing or a redneck thing? That one would full fall firmly into the, I bet rednecks are eating cat shit. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make any sense. This this one is an, is another example of what you just said too, a hundred percent. Because this sounds like a necessity thing to me, but it's not. You ever heard of uh, kazu marzu? Kazu marzu. It's a type of cheese. You ever heard of that? 
off the top of your head? No, but I bet it's like gross and moldy. It's worse, in my opinion. So it's a Sardinian, so Italian, sheep milk cheese that contains live insect larvae, i.e. maggots. Mm-mm. Yes. So nope. it's derived from pecorino. So you start out with pecorino, and then you take the larvae or the maggots of a particular type of cheese fly and deliberately mm-hmm. introduce them. A cheese them. fly. Yeah, I know. I didn't know that was a thing either, but apparently there's cheese flies and you take their larvae and introduce it to the cheese and it uh, it starts decomposing and breaking down the cheese in a way that's an advanced level of fermentation. The texture no. of the cheese becomes very soft and it oozes liquid no. out the side of it. That's called so it's pus. Soft, it's soft, it's oozing, and also you're meant to leave the maggots in it. I'm not mm, done yet. Mm, mm, I'm not mm. done yet. The maggots cannot be dead when they die and you eat them. That's a health hazard. So you're supposed to eat it. <laughs> you're supposed to eat it with the live maggots still squirming. What around are you a hillbilly? Right, and they've it's since been banned, but you can still get it on the black market. But people banned it, I guess, because they were just like, "This ain't it." But like, no, yeah, and they some people. If you want to eat it without the maggots, which I think makes you a pussy uh, in their eyes, but if you want (laughs) to eat it with no maggots, the way to do it is you put the piece of cheese in a sealed paper bag, totally sealed so it's airtight. When the maggots start losing oxygen, they'll flip out and jump out off of the cheese. And then when the sounds of their writhing in their death throes (laughs) subside, you pull the cheese out and eat it with no maggots before it goes bad. That's another thing. This particular type of maggot is able to propel itself up to six inches into the air. So, Holy shit. So That's- when they're eating it, they have to like shield their face from the fleeing maggots <laughs> of the cheese they're eating. And this no. shit is expensive. But that that one's less than like. Uh, well, again, I said these aren't that crazy. It's $100 a pound. Let me let but me. It's more like real, a traditional thing, you know what I mean, as opposed to like right. a rich people delicacy thing. But it's still fucking insane. With that and the cat shit, I just need to know who the fuck was the first person right. to figure that shit out. Because like the first well, person see, to eat an apple, you see an apple, someone eats it, goes this hit. Yes, that's there's a whole process for this. It's not like somebody could accidentally come across a cup of coffee, drink it, and go, ooh, this hits, and somebody's like, yeah, it's from cat shit. Like, you had to fucking go through the process. Now, I don't know about the cat shit coffee, but with the maggot cheese, uh, I think it could also ultimately, if you traced it all back, it would come down to maybe desperation, like you said. Like, somebody had a wheel of cheese that these maggots got into, and they were so hungry and had nothing else that they were like, well, what are you going to do? And then they ate it, and they were like, "God damn, that's what's what? up." <laughs> if you're at the point of Giuseppe, get over here, maggots. try this worm cheese. <laughs> but if you're at the point to where you have to eat cheese with maggots in it, anything's gonna taste good. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. I think that all the time with a lot of foods. There's some. There's plenty more on this list that'll make you think that. I think so. Moving into the more like, uh, like exclusive. For rich people delicacies, all right? So I'm going to save one for the end because it's my personal favorite. Uh, So we'll talk about, obviously, we know about foie gras, right? Oh, man. Foie gras. Duck duck liver, right? right? Foie gras. Yeah, Yeah, foie gras. Foie gras. Foie gras. Dude, I don't know. Who are you asking? 
Right. So, yeah, fattened or fatty duck liver could also be goose liver. And this one's famous, so a lot of people already know. The way it's achieved is you take a duck or a goose, you fucking shove a hose down its throat and then pump fatty grains and oils and shit like that straight into its fucking fat open gut until it gets big enough that their liver don't hit anymore, which, you know, it swells up to like three or four times. And apparently (laughs) that's very tasty. See, rich people have discovered something, Joe. This is going to be a running theme in here. Uh, Evidently, it's the suffering that do it. Something about suffering seems to make animals rather tasty well, in the opinion of the world's elite because it, it's going to be a theme. But yeah, it's funny because it's the opposite with like most meats and stuff like like a lot of hunters will tell you it's like you want uh, you want to clean you want the animal to die immediately. You want a clean shot because if you just wound it. It releases a lot of adrenaline, which gets in the meat that makes the meat tough. But then with the duck, it's the opposite. It's like, well, maybe it's meat won't hit, but that liver, ooh-wee, you know? Right, yeah. And that that process is called, uh, the process of force-feeding like that is called gavage. Uh, (laughs) Gavage, which means to gorge. Yeah, I've been like, we've been doing I'm that. I gavage myself. Yeah, I'm about to say, <laughs> yeah, I, I gavage the fuck out of myself all yeah, the time. I stay gavaging. Matter of me fact, me too. Matter I of fact, when you gavage. first started, uh, when you first started describing this duck's ordeal, I was just like, that seems like a day at Steak and Shake for me, baby. Right. Yeah. Um, you just reminded me. This isn't directly relevant to this, but like. Last night, I'd had a weed gummy, and me and Katie were watching Yellowstone. We just started. We're in season two, right? So one time in season two, spoilers, I'm sure all y'all already know, there's a, uh, and I don't know who did this yet or how it works out, but his cows get poisoned, right? And it shows them throwing the bad, the clover or whatever onto the field, Mm -hmm. and the cows just run up and just go to town on it. And at first in my head, I was like, I was like, they so dumb, they just like, eat up this shit that's bad for them that'll hurt them or whatever and then immediately i was like motherfucker who is you (laughs) who is you to judge these cows you know what you do like (laughs) act like fucking you don't do that all the time like every goddamn day i do that yeah it's like oh i'll bloat bring it on you know yeah dude if you were sitting there if i wanted to kill you and you were sitting there eating taco bell unhinging your jaw and not looking and i just sat a poison taco directly in front of you you wouldn't even think twice you'd just be like bah, bah, no. bah, 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 bah. it's gone i'd be so easy to poison dude we both would <laughs> yeah. like we I know. We've, we've, we know this for a fact because like people and it's sweet of them don't misunderstand me but people will bring us food to shows and yeah we go in on it we're like oh yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like every time we're like hell yeah, yeah. Take that straight to the dome. And it's like, that's kind of dumb. Like, it's you very dumb. not do that. Again, matter of fact, everybody who's ever done it has been this... sweet and it's been great yeah. and we appreciate it. But if you think about it objectively, like, you really ought not do that. No, and we've and never we... thought twice about it ever. Well, we're, ne- <laughs> I mean, here's the deal we literally can't anymore because if anyone sees this podcast, we've just given somebody an idea. So, like, yeah. I'm definitely never eating it again. So yeah. yeah, yeah, but we, I mean, so many times we've done that. Yeah, I'd be the easiest to poison motherfucker you ever seen, but... Uh, I think I'd be easier than you. 
moving on to the next one. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. I think we're around the same uh, category. Okay, that's fair. Let's just call it a draw. I don't want to get into a whole thing over who would be okay. easier to poison. Uh, Cause I'm sure it could be a huge <laughs> argument, but we don't, we ain't got to do that. Uh, this one's another one you probably heard of. Maybe not, maybe not recognize it by name, but you probably heard of the thing itself. It's called fugu, which is a Japanese dish. It's a type of puffer fish, right? Okay. And what makes fugu wild is that the fish itself is lethally poisonous to humans due to a high concentration of a chemical known as tet, uh, tetrodotoxin or tetrodo, tetrodotox, whatever, some big long T-dox. word yeah. that ends in that ends in dachshund, right? And it has to be it has to be very carefully and meticulously and perfectly prepared to not kill you in japan (laughs) a chef has to have no less than three years of intensive training and be licensed to be able to serve fugu in their restaurant and people still every now and then be dying from it Uh, better be a banger and it's not yeah absolutely well it's funny because there's uh a famous an ancient uh scholar statesman known as su shi wrote in one of his works. No, shut from, the fuck up. That motherfucker's name is Sushi. Bro, I didn't even realize it until you started laughing. But yes, his name is Sushi. Oh, God and damn. It was like it's a probably dude racist hit. to laugh. But yeah. yeah, no, that's wild. So they've been doing this for thou- literally thousands of years. And so Sushi, he from back in the day, and in one of his most celebrated works, he wrote that Fugu is truly a taste worthy of death. So apparently it does hit, uh, but that t- tetrodotoxin, that shit don't play. It's not like right. you eat it and then you're like, and fall over. Ugh. The poison, if it get to you, it paralyzes all your muscles, like but, a leaves you, but leaves you completely conscious, right? So oh, all your oh, muscles, including your involuntary ones, like your lungs and shit. So you can't breathe no more. You can't do nothing, but you're wide awake for all of it. And they, they like chance that because of how hard this fish hits apparently. And I'll tell you this wild shit to me. Also, like you were saying, the I first never... person to try it, the trial and error involved. Like, yes, the, I'd say the first, why 50 would you do it people, again? Exactly. I'd say the first 50 people who ate this fish died like, Ugh. You know, and they were like, I don't know. I feel like it hits, though. I feel like it's got to hit. We could just, yeah, we could just right. somehow get past that, the, you know, get but past like, the, the fish sepico. Because it's so it's such a specific method to make it safe to eat. It had to take an had, insane amount of, of trial and error, which killed a lot of Japanese dudes. It had to have. But they still went through it and figured it out. Like, that's just wild. Oh, God bless them. I'll tell you this. I wouldn't um, I wouldn't try that fish. But if someone came to me and told me, hey, you know your mom's chicken casserole? Yeah. Well, from now on, there's a one in 500 chance that you'll die from eating it. I would yeah. I would still go on. You know what I right. mean? So if somebody gave you this fish without you knowing what it was, and then you were like, that's the most fire fish I ever had in my life. Then would you go back after that if they told you, well, it's fugu? And it's probably, it, the odds nowadays how regulated it is, it's probably less than one in 500. But like people... Do you're saying every now and then die very rarely? You're saying that I didn't go into it knowing I was eating the death fish, but I ate it, it hit super hard for me. And then they were like, By the way, that's the death fish. Would I go back? Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. I mean, 
I don't like the way that you. If it was just like instant heart attack, I would have. I would try it now. You know what I mean? If it was just you know right. whatever. That, but like the whole like your muscles seizing up and you're the you're still conscious part is inarguably the part that bothers me there. Like if you just went Absolutely. the fuck out, I'd be like, well, frankly, this is a win win. You know what I mean? I get some hitting fish and I might die. What a great day! Right. All right. So moving on, another one that's very famous. Everybody knows Kobe beef. Uh, mm-hmm. which Kobe is a very particular variety of wa- Wagyu. Am I saying that right? Wagyu? Yes. Uh, Wagyu yeah, or right. Wagyu. I always say Wagyu, Wagyu so I say Wagyu. Wrong. Wagyu is, all Wagyu means is Japanese cattle, by the way. So it's just cattle from right. Japan. And yes. Kobe beef is a very specific type of Wagyu, which has become all the rage in America recently. But it's kind of like truffle oil and stuff like that in that, it's 95% fake. of the shit you get in America that they call Wagyu yeah. or especially Kobe beef is actually not, it's not at all a real thing. Because Kobe is a specific farm in uh, in Japan, right? So it's kind of like champagne, like where it's it, like, no, if it's not from this region, it ain't that. It, yes, the it's from the prefecture of Hyogo, and the capital of Hyogo is Kobe. Kobe, Japan, and that's where these cows come from. The way they get to hitting like they do is they feed them a very special diet that's made out of all the things that hit for cows plus beer, basically. Nice. Yeah, so they get the cows drunk and fat and everything, and it's like, you know, this is this goes back to the, our old argument about how hard it would hit to eat us. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah, right. we kind of we kind of been giving ourselves the Kobe diet, Kobe. you know, the Kobe <laughs> beef diet this whole time, so we Dude. probably would be pretty tasty. Now, every time I, ta- I toss a tater tot in my mouth, I'm going to go, Kobe. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> legitimate Kobe beef is the most expensive beef in the world. There's only 3,000 head of cattle each year that actually qualifies authentic Kobe. And, of course, we all know. So, we've never had it. No, never. Not the real deal. But the reason it's supposed to hit so hard is that specific diet and lifestyle they su- they subject them all to. Uh, it, and I say subject, I could be wrong, but that one kind of sounds like it hits. Like if you got to be like a cow, <laughs> yeah, right. getting yeah. drunk and having like the ultimate cow All the diet, stuff that hits for you. Right. Yeah. It's like, I mean, that sounds pretty good as far as, you know, being a cow goes. But that whole deal makes them exquisitely marbled, right? So right. It, the the lines of marbling are the lines of fat that run through the meat of a, of a, of a cow and, uh, they got marbling out the butt perfect amount or like the ultimate amount. So like, and also, also though their fat renders at a lower temperature than regular cow's fat. Oh, right? I love that. So Yeah. So it's like it, you get more of the, the rendered fat, it gets softer and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they say. Obviously I've never had that's it. That's what's up. Yeah, bro. No, it sounds like it hits real hard. If you that's don't render things, your fat, get the fuck right, out of my get, face. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right, now let's talk about some some of the more overtly cruel ones. I know we already talked about foie gras, but <laughs> so one is pretty famous: shark fin soup. Uh, it's a soup popular in Asia. It's made out of a shark fin. Based on what I've read online, the shark fin actually don't even have a taste. It's just the texture it imparts to the soup is supposedly okay. perfectly soupy i guess but like okay. you can make you can get that with cornstarch or whatever like i was you about fig- to say you could figure out a way to get that which is why shark fin soup is bullshit because to make it because it is considered a high-end delicacy they like catch a shark pull it up onto the boat cut off its fin and just push it back in the water 
They don't do nothing else. They don't at least eat the rest of the shark. No, they don't. And it's still alive, obviously, but it dies shortly thereafter because they can't live without their fins, ultimately. So they die a slow and painful death just for the fin, and all the rest of their shit goes to waste. I mean, I'm sure some crabs or whatever go in. You know, somebody ends up I never looked at it like that, but yeah, you're right. It's still fucked up, though. Like, obviously, it's fucked up. But to to the crabs and stuff, the people on the boat are heroes because they just took out the monster, and now everybody gets to eat their butt. So that's pretty tight. I guess that is one way to look at it, but uh, it's creating jobs. We aren't yeah, crab jobs. We are not, <laughs> but yeah, we are not kill sharks. In fact, it's illegal most most all over, but there's still a black market for it because, uh, unsurprisingly, there are ways to replicate the effect of a shark's fan without using an actual shark's fan because, of course, there are like so, making yeah. a roux. Right? Yeah, any of those techniques you can use to fucking thicken a soup you know what i mean like dude i made a um, i made a grilled onion and mushroom little roux last night to put in my soup and goddamn, i mean like perfectly thick shark fin thick right uh so and then okay i found a bunch of other ones that honestly i'm not kidding i think are too fucked up to for us to 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 even read to make comedy out of like briefly there's like uh well, there's a bunch of ones where it's like you can go to Japan and get a dish called I- Ikirozuki or something like that, which is they just pull a live fish out and they cut oh, it yeah, open in that. ways that keeps it alive and feeds yeah. you its living flesh. Because, again, yeah. it's the suffering that do it. Yeah, but yeah. it goes so far beyond that. In other parts of Asia, they do that with donkeys. Oh, man. Live no live donkey they eat them alive basically it's so much different right so that's what i'm saying donkeys are buddies right yeah and that's what i mean it's like i didn't even yeah we'll mention them and move on because that's not a thing even i can you know hit about um so i guess (laughs) (laughs) even i even i you know we gotta run it basically in it yeah, no, no, you, I meant yeah. with okay. animals specifically. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The whole yeah. Okay, don't right. love and the yeah, nature's I, a yeah. nightmare and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get uh, you. But that is your interpretation also hits for me. But um, <laughs> so then I'll just do this last one. Then we'll talk about trash food and then uh, get into you because uh, we got to get to yo shit. Um, there's a dish called Ortolan. I hope I'm saying it right. It uh, originates, I believe, in France. It's O R T O L A N, Ortolan. And it's been featured in some prominent media recently. Uh, and so people Kylie know about Jenner's it. Instagram. No, it was actually, uh, it said it was on Secession, although I don't remember that. I don't think. I don't remember that, that either. It was on Billions and it was on the show Hannibal. But here's what it is it's like a European songbird. It's like this big. <laughs> They're precious, right? <laughs> and what you do is, again, keep in mind, it's the suffering that do it, right? So <laughs> you catch one. You blind it, right? <laughs> you keep it in a cage so small it can't move anywhere. Something about blinding it makes it easier to gavage it, to make it gorge. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but that's what they say. Something about blinding it makes it just eat and eat and eat, right? It and can't it see stop. how much it's eating, so it just I keeps guess. going. Right, so you put it in a tiny cage where it can't move, blind it, gavage that motherfucker, Right force feed it until it grows to like two or three times its original size, just like pushing up against the bars of its little torture (laughs) cage. Right. (laughs) Then you take it, you drown it in a snifter, a a sifter of brandy. 
right? Yeah. You drowned it in a little cu- drown it in a little cup of brandy, like till it just little gurgle bubbles of yes. bird breath. Drown it slash marinate it. All right. <laughs> yeah. Then you quickly pull the feathers out, which don't take long because again, it's a tiny and very precious bird. You pull the feathers out, <laughs> put it back in the brandy, roast it in the brandy. Yeah. Right when it's done, you take it. You put the whole thing in your mouth, except for the beak. You hold the beak right here. Yeah. And then you bite down on it and eat the whole thing at once. It says the way the bones crunch and the fat seeps and also the lungs are filled with the brandy. So it's like a murder gusher. It's like a hell gusher. (laughs) Get you drunk. The the brandy's on the inside of the little baby's lungs. So when you snap, (laughs) you bite into it, it pops in your mouth. It busts, it busts in your mouth. It busts. I love when things bust. But here's my favorite. First of all, it's so comically over the top, horrific and everything. But here's my favorite part about it, though. And I actually sent you this years ago, or at least a couple years ago. I'm sure you probably don't remember. I sent it to you in the thread. Part of eating it traditionally also says that before you put it in your mouth and bite down on it, you cover your head with a napkin first. Oh. Do you know why? I thought you were about to say you have to set an all-out strike on Afghanistan or something. Put a napkin over your head to keep it kosher. Uh, to In order to hide your shame from God. <laughs> I swear. That's part of the process. Hiding your shame like, from like, God. Like turning and, a picture of your dad around when you beat off or yes, something. Like, yes, you block. It's like, because God can't see you if you got a napkin on your head. But yeah, that's part of the traditional process of eating this bird. But I sent it to you a couple years ago and I was like, hey, we need to remember this for the next time we raid the hotel sundry at three in the morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we got plenty of shame. We need to be hiding from God. But yeah, that's my favorite part of it. And so that's my God. favorite entry. And so the like, they're. They're uh, uh, very aware of how, because a exactly. lot of these people, I feel like right. they don't know how it's not, it's lost on them how, how horrible it is. But these people are like, yeah. we know, by the way, All right. whoever, whoever came up with the cat shit one, just a lunatic, whoever came up with the a couple of the other ones, just a lunatic, whoever came up with this one was also a serial killer. You know right. what I mean? Cause they were clearly just torturing a bird and then decided to eat it and was like, well, I'll be goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, if you're, don't care that much about the welfare of an animal. The force feeding is already an established technique, right? Marinating it in brandy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's horrific, but like, you know, I guess I can see the the train of thought that leads to this will hit. Uh, but anyway, all right. So trash food, uh, you know, poor people eating weird shit. I think the perfect crossover here. It, between the two is pate slash yes. potted meat because mm-hmm. potted meat is just trailer pate. That's all that yes. is. But yeah, one baby. of them hits and the other one don't, according to, you know, fancy people. I was about to say both about, of them hit for me. No, you know, me too. I love them both. So like you said, a whole lot of the, most of these really are born of necessity. Honestly, looking through my list, pretty much every one of them is born of a, of a necessity. But we already mentioned oxtails, pig's feet, pig ears, chicken gizzards, chicken livers, stuff like that. There's also, I, this is the redneck fugu fish, I think, uh, poke salad. Yeah, poke oh, yeah. Salad, poke salad. Yes. Granny because used that, to go to the side of the road and get a bag. 
Right. Well, you that has to be cooked a particular way or it'll poison you too. Not like yep. that fish will. It won't kill you, but it'll fuck you up if you mm -hmm. don't cook it in the exact perfect way. And you're like, why would they eat that? Well, again, they had to eat something. And then they're like, you yeah, know, right. if you do this right, it kind of hits. Uh, yeah, right. Some of the things I found on list of like food Southerners don't know are weird uh, really applied to me because I was like, wait, that's yeah. weird. Like uh, right. pimento cheese. I know pimento cheese is like a Southern food, weird. but that's like, that's weird I mean, to it, people. It's, it's fucking cheese, roasted red peppers and, and mayonnaise. mayonnaise. Right. Yeah. Like it's right. It's not like a pimento is like the asshole right. of a bird. I knew pimento cheese was a Southern food, but I, I didn't know it was the type of thing that that's, other people would be like. That that's another good. one. By the way, that's another one that they've co-opted big time in the in the fancy right. in the fancy world. Like you see deviled eggs and pimento cheese and shit in a lot of high class places. Yeah. Uh I know hipsters be pickling, but so do Southerners. Mm -hmm. We'll pickle everything. We'll pickle pig's feet. We'll pickle eggs. Uh mm -hmm. where you at and on the hit. various pickled items, Cho? I've never had one that I didn't like at least a little bit. I obviously right. have my levels of how much I like them. Like pickled pig's feet, like taste good. It's a, it's a weird texture and I don't have to have them. So therefore I won't. But if I was somewhere and like the host was like, Hey, I got a snacks. It's pickled pig's feet. I'd be like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm in Uh love pickled eggs. Don't have them enough. In my opinion, want to start pickling them myself. Cause pickled eggs are so fire on a salad because you're getting that vinegary mess too. It's awesome. But dude, I mean, you know me, uh, me and you are pretty similar in this. Like there's not a food that I absolutely just detest. <laughs> right. And I love right. vinegar so much. Um, a Southern dessert of sorts, cornbread and buttermilk. Right. That's so uh, good. That was very popular uh, for a long time. Still is. There's red eye gravy. You ever, my mama used to make red eye gravy. You ever had red eye gravy? It's pork drippings I've had and it. coffee. My granny, pork drippings and coffee made into a gravy. Yeah, I've had it, but my granny was just a straight sawmill gravy uh, yeah. person, you know, which obviously ain't nothing wrong with that. This but. one I wasn't familiar with, or I feel like maybe I've heard of it, but definitely wasn't a thing around where I grew up. But Kool-Aid pickles, you know about Kool-Aid pickles? I just now heard, I heard about those two or three years ago. Amber sent me a link, and it was like somebody on TikTok had made Kool-Aid pickles, and they were doing all these different flavors. And I remember thinking, like, man, that's ridiculous. But then the other part of me was like, I mean, I bet I'd like them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like right. Like a blue raspberry-flavored cucumber pickle. Ah, why not? Uh, specific combination of popular items. Peanuts and Coke. Peanuts and oh, Coca-Cola. Yeah. That was a huge I, thing yeah. in my high school. It was Dr. Uh, Pepper for me, but yes. I get it. Yeah, mix it up. Doctor it up a little <clears throat> bit. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Dr. Pepper it up. Yep. Huge, huge one in your household and in the entire state of Georgia, one which I must admit I'm not a big fan of is boiled peanuts. I've never been, never been into boiled. Sorry, yeah. I know that's the official state gas station snack yeah. in Georgia, but. Uh, that's okay. I understand yeah. people not being into them. I find that the boiled peanut kind of has a, it has a bean thing going on. It's really more yeah. of like a bean. They turn yes. into like a mush. I mean, I'm exactly. into Exactly. That mushes them up and like, I, I just, that ain't what I want out of a nut or a, a peanut is, yeah, is the mush. Mush, you know what I mean? I want the crunch, yeah. not crunch, not mush. For no, me. I hear you. Two I hear you, my, but yes, my wife subsists on them. Two of my favorites, Vaini sausages and <clears throat> sauce meat. Used to fuck with both fire. of them. Heavy. Yeah, absolutely fire. They're, it's funny that the, the sausages are funny because like 
their name is Vienna sausages, yeah, which is like yeah. is fancy, but it's like, who are you fooling? You, exactly. Nobody, and then the target demographic was like immediately turned it to, no, it's Viennese, Viennese sausages. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's just uh it's just so perfect. And sauce made is where you basically like boil a pig's head and put it in a pile <laughs> and then it congeals together and you yeah. slice that and now you got sauce mate, uh which yes was a personal favorite of mine back in the day. Uh, one that I think has spread around more, but I know there was a point there where it was very localized in certain parts of the South, including the part where I grew up is uh chocolate gravy. Like in Salina, oh, yeah. chocolate, chocolate gravy is a huge thing. And I didn't yep. realize till later mm -hmm. on that it ain't like that everywhere. Like there are other pockets where people fuck with it, but it wasn't like a overall traditional thing, but I think it spread some now, but yeah, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you, you get it. It's just yeah. chocolate gravy. It's not like sausage gravy that's also chocolate. It's, you know, it's like a chocolate sauce you put on your biscuits. It's fucking fire. It's fire. big in uh it's big in Kentucky. The first time I had it, I was like in seventh or eighth grade. I was traveling with my buddy Andrew Quinn. Uh and we were going to his grandma's house and we got up and she's like, I'm making chocolate gravy for the biscuits. And my brain, because I I didn't know that was a thing went oh it's it's brown gravy instead of white gravy and they just call it probably one of the kids said oh that's chocolate you know what i mean i'm like they just call yeah. the brown gravy chocolate gravy so when i first dipped my biscuit in it and ate it it was like when you think you're drinking a coke but it's tea and it's like it's not that tea don't hit for me it's right. that i was expecting the carbonation but then once i got over that i had never been so pleased to be wrong in my life yeah. i was like oh yeah, my dude. god this is amazing it's so good. Chocolate gravy is the shit. You get some bacon with it, it, it goes hard. Mm. Um, oh, wait. And then, uh, all right, here's another one that is all over the place in the South that also, even in my fat kid days, never hit for me. I don't know what to expect out of you on this. I don't know where you're going to be on this one. But uh, ambrosia salad. Hey, yeah, I love it, dude. Yeah, yeah, I it's the uh, it's did. the yeah. it's the mandarin oranges, cool with whip the, and fruit and marshmallows yeah. and shit, all in a big ass bowl. I love that it's just shit, like dude. Pink slop, dude. With, I, yeah, I pink never, stuff, man. That was my stuff. shit. Yeah, I never, I never fucked with that shit ever. I'm telling and you, I, man, I still I, don't I, like it, but it's I, hugely this is, popular. It's not hyperbole with me. I love everything it's right. just to which degree do i love it there's things yeah. that i love less but i love them nonetheless like i there's not a fucking food that you could bring to my house that i wouldn't throw down on yeah and then uh also another one that's sort of the fugu of the south in a different way uh chitlins is yeah. wild stuff Chit if y'all don't know chitlins are like the intestines of a pig and you got to clean to poop out and it takes mm -hmm. like three different run throughs in in water to clean them a adequately and at which point you can then cook them again another one obviously born of necessity so i'm saying you guys send us emails and stuff uh, i bet some of y'all probably got some wilder ones that i didn't name that mexican lady too i bet has some wild ones right and if you do you know hit us with it uh, let us know. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. But that's it for my food discussion. I went plenty long enough. So we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, it's going to be history of Professor Cho continuing on the subject of one Mr. Julius Caesar. We'll be right back. 
Y'all, the wait is over. Quality steak, free shipping, period. The Backyard Butcher's restaurant quality steak boxes are now available online. Get steakhouse quality bulk meat specials responsibly sourced from America's farm delivered right to your door. And right now, for a limited time, Backyard Butcher's is offering our listeners 15% off free shipping and four free ribeyes for life oh my god with every subscription imagine opening up a box of high quality meat and being able to recreate the steakhouse experience right in your backyard less than grocery store prices that's exactly what you'll get when you order from backyard butchers trey you've you've eaten the backyard butchers meat correct boy have i let me tell you a few things in life have hit for me more than getting my own big box of meat delivered straight to my door buddy i got a big old box of steak it's like christmas morning opening that thing up and i've been thing i love the most about it is like i feel like i'm living like either like a, a duke or something or mm-hmm. maybe a cowboy uh i one of the two just some kind of man that's better than me you know because like i'm eating steak and eggs every morning you know what i mean like i'm coming yeah. in for lunch and i just want you know, throw something together. Well, now instead of like a turkey sandwich, it's a T-bone if I want to because I'm a grown man and I got a box of meat and I can do that now. The steaks are incredibly, incredibly good. They're so tender. The quality is amazing. And uh, it's been one of my absolute favorite things. And the best part is you can beat inflationary pricing at the grocery store and save big on your family's dinner budget. Just cut out the middleman grocery stores with responsibly sourced 100% American beef, pork, and chicken sourced from farms all across the heartland. Backyard Butcher's Meat is fresh, safely packaged, and delivered to your door in an eco-friendly insulated box. Their boxes and packing are specifically designed to keep your meat within the optimal temperature range. They have tremendous customer service that sets them apart. If you need help with your order or grilling tips to get the most flavor out of your meat, you can chat with their seasoned butchers online seven days a week at BackyardButchers.com. Cho, tell them more. Well, first off, I've got a ribeye sous-viding downstairs right now that's been in there for eight hours, so I'm taking it up another notch. One great thing about this, too, by the way, there's no memberships or subscriptions. You just go on there, you're like, boom, meat, I want that, and you can cancel literally any time. But I guarantee you, once you've had this meat, you're going to be back for more, baby. Uh, that's And with our deal, you're going to get 15% off free shipping and four ribeyes for life. And that is by using the promo code POA, 15% off your order, free shipping, and four free ribeyes for life. It's absolutely wonderful. It is my favorite meat, and y'all can get some too. Like I said, promo code POA to get 15% off your order at BackyardButchers.com. It hits. It does hit. All right, y'all, we're back. It's time once again for everybody's favorite segment, History with Professor Cho. We started it last week, so you know what we're doing. Let's keep going with Julius Caesar. Here we go, Trey. He was born in July uh, 100 B.C., pretty long time ago, in Rome to a well-connected family. His father was a praetor, and I decided to go further Mm -hmm. on that and find out because I'm like, what the fuck? Do you know what a praetor is off the top of your head? it's is it like some sort of officer or something like that equivalent of like no i know they were like they had power over people beneath them in the structure like a praetor was like some kind of something you had to listen to if you you know didn't hit right yeah it was a they were a high-ranking official in ancient rome the praetors were responsible for the administration of justice and were considered second rank to the councils 
uh, if you wanted to be a council dude, you had to be like a, a praetor first. Like that was, it was like a congressman, senator yeah. to president or whatever. Right, so right. his his family uh, was not wealthy per se, but they were very uh, highly influential in Roman society because his father was a praetor. And I assume that had his father not died of a heart attack, well, possible heart attack. Caesar's 16, his dad drops dead while tying his shoe or more likely Jesus sandal. And so they say, yeah, that was probably a heart attack. Otherwise, they probably would have went on to be wealthy because he was a very, you know, powerful man. So he was educated in Rome. He studied rhetoric, Latin and Greek. He began his political career as a very young man at the age of 16, same year his father died. He was appointed as a priest of Jupiter, which was a significant. Uh Do you know what that is? Yeah, Jupiter. Well, I just know that Jupiter is like one of their top gods. He's yep. near the top of the hierarchy of gods. So I feel like if you get a sign, I've never thought about how, does that mean all of their gods had their own priests? Because that's a shitload of priests, dude. They had a bunch of gods. But if you're going to be priest of a god, Jupiter's definitely near the top of the list. So Yeah, so, yeah, right. So it just says being a priest of Jupiter in ancient Rome was a significant religious and political position. I mean, I assume if they're going to give Jupiter one, they can't slight the other gods. Otherwise, they'll make the oceans rise, you know? Well, he did. Well, sure, that does make sense. Although, again, Jupiter was near the top. So some of them down closer to the bottom, they were probably like, yeah, you don't get priest but i don't know maybe not so here's something i definitely didn't know and you may have but i feel like me and you would have talked about it in 75 bc so he is uh, 20 yeah 25 years old he was traveling by boat from the island of Rhodes to the city of pergamum in asian minor and along the way his ship was intercepted by a group of sicilian pirates so caesar i actually do know this do you know why yes because (laughs) it is covered in spartacus oh really okay uh, Yep. I don't I don't know if yeah. they covered this part. Bit. Let me read the full story that I've written in my own words. That way I don't get in trouble for uh, saying it verbatim. But so the pirates captured Caesar and his companions and demanded a ransom of 20 talents of silver, which was a large sum of yeah. money at the time. Instead of being intimidated, Caesar used the opportunity to show his leadership skills and bravery. He is said to have told the pirates that he was worth way more than that in ransom than what they demanded, and they should ask for 50 talents instead. He also taunted them and told him that he would come back and crucify all of them once he was freed. Caesar's companions, who were terrified by the situation, begged him to stop taunting the pirates and just pay the ransom, but Caesar ignored them. The pirates, who were impressed by Caesar's bravado, raised the ransom to 50 talents. Caesar's friends and allies quickly paid the ransom, and Caesar was released. After his release, Caesar Caesar raised a fleet, tracked down the pirates, captured them all, and crucified their asses. Yes. Now, they this didn't motherfucker get into all that was a in G. but a G. Yeah, that's, I do know that story, uh, and it's touched upon in Spartacus. But yeah, I mean, that's one of the most gangster fucking moments of all time, right there. I mean, come on. It's hard to beat that. Just sitting there talking shit the whole time is like, that's all you're asking for? You know how much I'm worth, shit. motherfucker? You don't get more than that. <laughs> you know how much I'm I come have? back and nail your ass to a cross, goddammit. And then, and then, <laughs> he and then he did. He did all that. <laughs> yeah. Circling back very quickly to the, because this guy, popped in my head Corey. do you happen to have a, fa- a favorite of those old gods because if you don't i've got one for you i i don't but i assume this one's about to be the god of of lethargy no it's dionysus who's basically the god of hitting 
Oh yeah, uh, we've talked about him. He's the we? god of the god of wine, pleasure, yeah. festivity, madness, yeah. and frenzy. Yeah. So he's he's the god of chowing out. Okay. Basically. There's a there's Dionysus. a god of chowing out. Dionysus. So that needs to be your guy. I get a tattoo of him. That would hit. Uh, yeah. He served as a military commander in various campaigns, including Gaul, which is modern day France, and Egypt, where he becomes the governor of Egypt. And as we covered. On a past episode that you can check out in the archives at watchpoa.com or wherever you get your podcast. While he was in Egypt, he had a romantic dalliance. I chose that word, by the way. Fuck you, Trey. I he like had a it. romantic That's a great word. He had a romantic dalliance with Cleopatra, the queen of Egypt, and they had a child together. He returned to Rome as a war hero and popular leader, gradually increasing his political power and influence, was appointed governor of Gaul, who he had slain everybody there in 50. I guess it's pretty easy to be governor when you just kill every yeah. motherfucker in Gaul. That's you know? sort of how governors used to get made, dude. You go there and yeah, just kill yeah. pretty much everybody, and then you're like, I'm governor now. And they're like, well, fuck, I guess he yeah. is. What Can are I have we some bread? to do? He killed yeah. everybody that hit it fighting. So, yeah, he's our governor now. Real quick, also, the Cleopatra thing. Did you find in there? I feel like the rug came up before and we talked about it. Yeah. Didn't yeah. she we talked meet about that, him yeah. by having herself smuggled? Okay, we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, got but smuggled it, in somebody, in the rub and then yeah. unrolled out of it, which is yeah. like, I feel like I don't care how hard you hit. That's got to be the least sexy way For to sure. introduce yourself to a potential suitor. It's like flopping out of a, getting unrolled from a burrito. Yeah. You know, uh, but it's it, always been funny to Caesar's, me. But hey, it worked. From Caesar's point of view, though, you see a lady who wanted to meet you so bad that she rolled herself up in a rug. You immediately go, she sucks, dick. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah, it, yeah. You know. Uh, that was the old it. she smokes, she pokes. If she gets rolled up in a carpet, mm-hmm. she'll take it in the ass. So Caesar... Yeah. Uh, he led the Roman army in Gaul for eight years and won a series of victories over the Gauls and other tribes, uh, uh, consolidating Roman control over much modern-day France and parts of Belgium, Switzerland, and Germany. It's estimated that he killed over a million Gauls, quite a haul back in the day, a Gaul haul. The Roman army under Caesar's command is said to have committed war crimes, you don't say, including the indiscriminate killing of civilians, the enslavement and forced relocation of entire communities, and the destruction of entire towns and villages, or what they used to call it, war. War. Uh, I was about to say, there ain't no way. That's clearly a modern we do that interpretation now. of that. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. But And now people will call those war crimes. But back then, there ain't no way there was any kind of, right? They didn't have no rules like that. Dude, about It's just what phrase, you do. It's like, these people don't hit, kill them all, my land, and then go on about your day. Go on the, to the next place. The phrase, it's all fair and love and war, di- didn't get made up for a, no reason. You know what I mean? That right. used to, like, before the goddamn Geneva Convention, nobody gave a shit. Uh, right. He is also said to use scorched earth tactics, which involves mm-hmm. destroying crops, livestock, and infrastructure to deny the enemy resources. So just, you know, burning everything and being like, y'all ain't got nowhere to go except for over here, yeah. where if you don't bend yeah, the knee yeah. to me, I'll fucking kill you. Right. Which, frankly, General is Sherman a- shit. Exactly. He was known for his military genius. People uh, still apparently study caesar's tactics to this day like in war even though the technology gains we've made like apparently strategies still kind of stay the same and it's like wild to me because this was like i mean i know war has been going on forever but like war is such a crazy fucking thing that someone gets good at you know what i mean right like 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 in world war ii you had all these dudes who like you know some of these people it was their first war 
and they got drafted yeah. and they went to war and they get over there and it's just like, damn, this is my shit. Like I'm just real good right. at war. <laughs> and that's, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we talked about it last week. Like you're, you know, sometimes you're born with it. You're the born with it or you're right. apparently that applies to war too. And sometimes person who's born with it ends up going to war up doing and realize it. Yeah. this is my thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that shit is pretty wild. It's like, also you watch like action movies and stuff. And I don't know, obviously a lot of action movies are silly, but war movies and whatever else. And the protagonist would just go through this insane shit where you're like, no one right. would make it out of that. That would never happen. Yeah. But the truth is a lot of our like, that's actual what happened. Li real life war heroes. They did shit like yeah, that. That's like, why that's they're war the heroes. Reason, that's the reason they're war heroes. So from a movie perspective, it's kind of like, that's why he's the protagonist. Exactly. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's the same rationale. Like Audie Murphy, Audie Murphy or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. he, my motherfucker, he did wild shit. Alvin York. Like, oh, you dude. Know, it does happen. Boy. Absolutely. Yes. So Caesar's expansion of Rome territory and military campaigns also had an impact on the economy as it brought in wealth and resources that helped the Roman Empire to flourish. Uh, his, uh, he implemented a new calendar, a, he improved the infrastructure, uh, you know, obviously all these are, uh, helping the build the Roman empire. He returned to Rome in 49 BC, but tensions with the Senate and other political leaders led to a civil war. His rise to power was not without opposition tray. And many saw him as a threat to the Roman public. And, uh, the reason for this uh, it was based on a balance of power between the Senate and the popular assemblies. assemblies. Caesar's growing power and influence were seen as a challenge to the authority of the Senate, and many senators feared that he was seeking to establish himself as a dictator. So yada as yada Caesar. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's it's like I don't know. I know that that ended up becoming how they were called Caesars or yeah. whatever. And I why think, they're czars now? Yeah. It's funny to think that like. The is, Julius Caesar, you yeah. know, it's funny to think of people being like, I think this guy kind of wants to be like the guy, yeah, you know, right. like some, something about, about this Caesar yeah. guy just feels like he wants to be in charge, you know? And I mean, again, I know how it played out, but it's funny to think about. So they're all worried that he uh, wants to establish himself as dictator, right? In 45 BC, Caesar defeated his opponents and emerged as the sole leader of Rome, effectively ending the Roman Republic and establishing him as dictator for life. On March the 15th of, uh, of, uh, on the 15th of March, 44 BC, Caesar was assassinated during a meeting of the Senate. He was stabbed 23 times by a group of senators who were unhappy with his rule and he died from his wounds. And Trey, let me ask you this. If Twitter had existed back then, what would it look like? Mm -hmm. Damn Brutus. That shit was cold blooded. Hashtag at two homie. Uh, here's so, some yeah, there fun. you have it. Here's it's some fun. fun. So, like, that, they were worried about him taking over and becoming dictator. He does. And then, if I heard the dates right, 10 plus years later, they were like, Yeah, this has been way too much dictator stuff. We're going to have to stab this yeah. motherfucker. It, yeah, 100%. 100%. So there's Caesar's right. life. Let's get a couple fun facts and we're going to get out of here. Caesar was said to have been a great lover of music and he's said to have composed several songs and hymns himself, much like a man who also Nero. pretty much Nero and uh, Henry VIII. Uh, Caesar, right, yeah. Caesar was said to have had a fear of thunder. This is crazy. He was said to have had a fear of thunderstorms and was uh, said to be like cripplingly afraid of the dark which is really wild to me because I'd say that so much of war happens in the dark. 
in the dark yeah i mean if you're trying to hit it war you're gonna need to do some shit in the dark i would imagine Hunt it. yeah the dark is wild thunderstorms i feel like back then you know people it was all like, thunderstorms no I, th- I think they were like oh Man, zeus is pissed off yeah, dog. Right. like i don't i don't know what we did but zeus seems real mad i really yeah. hope zeus don't kill us right now because he's throwing down on us so we must have pissed him off you know I, what i mean like i imagine can see being afraid of thunder if you think zeus is real fucking stupid caesar was also known for his love of animals especially elephants and he had a pet elephant named surus which means the syrian and he used to like ride it in his military campaigns he'd just be up on an elephant hitting which does hit uh matter of fact by the way because i looked this up because i thought this just to just so we don't get emails about it i just referenced zeus zeus actually uh jupiter and zeus are the same dude Jupiter okay. was Zeus. You're still going to get emails Ro- about it, by the way. Right. The Romans stole all the Greeks' gods, basically, and Zeus yeah. was Zeus in Greece, but in Rome, they changed it to Jupiter. So, yeah, he was basically a priest of Zeus. And so, like I said, that's like, that's as high up as you can get. Someone go. has already stopped the podcast to send mm-hmm. us this email and doesn't know that you're yeah. about to clarify it yourself. And last fun fact he was known to be a fashion icon, Trey. He is said to have worn a golden wreath. And the reason that he did this was hiding his receding hairline, but also, as we know, uh, he's not just known for the receding hairline. He uh, invented the Caesar cut, which is basically like George Clooney in the 90s. You know what I mean? That's like the Caesar. Uh, so, yeah, it's Julius Caesar. I'm sorry. He lived. Hey. Wait, what? I Yeah, the Caesar haircut. I didn't know that. Yeah, look it up. A lot of dudes Hell, in the 90s had like, it. Like very bangs so, heavy. I looked up Caesar. Okay, so the bangs are part of it. All right, real short yeah. on the sides. Yeah, long on top. Okay. Yeah, like George Clooney and ER kind of had a Caesar thing going on. Um, All right. But yeah, it, that's Julius Caesar. He lived. He hit. He was stabbed, and his legacy lives on today. Does it? So, was I right about what I said earlier? He he maintained dictatorship. He became the dude. And then after that, they were all called Caesar, right? Yes. Or like Caesar yes. Augustus, Caesar, whatever. And but that's oh, because of him, right? That, yes. Like, and that he, guy, I fucking, I yeah, totally okay. forgot this thing. I totally fucking forgot this thing. So he uh, he named his son was also Julius Caesar, but to tell them apart, he was like he he wasn't like um, a little person, but he was sort of a homunculus. So they always just called him <laughs> li- Little Caesar, and yeah, he was pizza guy. And he was bored one day because his daddy wouldn't let him fight in the army because he was so short, and he invented pizza. So, buddy, I could be wrong here. You know how we both are, but like, didn't didn't that come up on it last week? Did it not? Maybe it didn't. I feel like I probably feel like maybe that joke was made last week. Too, well, I was pretty slammed wrong. last week, so I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, that hits. You know, yeah. I mean, he's one of those. I know we also talked last week about like he's a good example of that thing where I feel like Julius Caesar is pretty, pretty much revered historically. Yeah. I don't know about revered, but like respected at the very least. Yeah. It's like this dude was a dude who hit. Yeah. Right? But he did and some Hitler shit. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. it's why, cause like he did a lot of really horrific stuff. And so it's just wild how history be and how that's all going to play out. Circling mm-hmm. back to our conversation last week. So yeah, well, I guess that does it for, uh, Joe, are we gonna? We need. We need to read anything. Uh, we're uh, to... Oh, right. You want me to read some emails? 
if yeah, if you got them. Fuck yeah. my ass. Hold on. I forgot we're new, doing it different. This is yeah. This is our new format. Yeah, so, right. Uh, excuse us for some growing pains. Here, I'm so yeah, sorry, Trevor. Well, this will probably be cut out because of my dad being a really good producer and all that. Um, let's see. Primary inbox. Um. Okay. I'm. So, these are so not. These being, have been vetted. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. We're just gonna go. We're gonna read uh, two or three, and we're gonna go from most recent to okay. So, hey guys, uh, this is subject line: the intersection of box music and drinking songs. Okay. By the way, we rarely get a bad email, so the vetting process is not really too necessary. Uh, hey guys, I was making my way through my YouTube subscriptions, catching up on what I hadn't watched yet, and as I was enjoying Adam Neely's latest video, this bit he did about Bach made me think of POA. The intro to this message is a lot of ground to cover, so let me break it down. My guy can't read this whole fucking thing. <laughs> There's also a bunch of links. Hold on. <laughs> Fuck, I picked the wrong one. Uh, Adam Neely is a musician whose YouTube channel delves into topics like music theory, jazz, and notable composers and compositions. Adam is also the basis for a fantastic electro jazz band called Sungazer, which I highly recommend you check out. Jazz isn't for everyone, but I promise you, you'll at least dig one of their songs. In the Q&A he recently put on YouTube, Adam answered the question, what is your personal favorite Goldberg variation? Mine's Bill, by the way. The Goldberg sure. variations were written by that famous composer of the Baroque era, Johann, Johann Sebastian Bach. And as you probably right. know, Bach's compositions have had a long-lasting impact on Western music as a whole. Folks still study and perform his stuff and plagiarize from him. Mm -hmm. In modern times, the variations were first published in 1741 and are named after Johann Gottlieb Goldberg, a very early biography of Bach written by a guy named Johann Nicholas Ford. A lot of fucking Johans back then, man. Uh, claims oh, yeah. claims it's that just the, like John, yeah, for it, them, I it think. really is, yeah. <laughs> it claims, yeah. I mean, that, it might literally be. It is, you know? home. Know. Yeah, yeah, right. Claims yeah. that variations were composed by Bach as part of Goldberg's music instruction, and although there's some doubt as to whether this biography was completely true, it includes a story about Bach and Goldberg that's pretty interesting. There was a dude named Count Kasserling who would travel through Lip Leipzig, where Bach lived, on his way to Electoral Court of Saxony, where he served as Russia's ambassador, and he'd bring Goldberg with him so that Goldberg could get keyboard lessons from Bach. Now, back then, traveling through often meant stopping along the way for a period of time well beyond the one night in a hotel that you or I might do while traveling a few states away to stay at Meemaw's for the holidays, and Count Castling was reputed to be in poor health, so he didn't travel well at any stretch. While the Count was posted up in Leipzig, he asked Bach to give Goldberg something soothing to play in the evenings after he'd gone to bed so that the soft music could help him with his insomnia. And there are several variations that are soft and gentle, so I could easily imagine that story being true, even if it's anecdotal. In Adam's video, he says, my personal favorite is Goldberg Variation 30, the Quadlibet variation. Bach wrote a series of 30 variations on a theme, and the 30th one is a mashup of a lot of German folks and drinking songs that was meant to be humorous. At the time, it was common for Bach to amuse himself and his family by mashing up songs that had nothing to do with one another as a bit of musical joke, and I love this because it's honestly kind of the same thing as the YouTube channel, There I Ruined It, which ruins songs by mashing up ones that shouldn't go together. We don't really know these German folk songs that Bach used in his 30th Goldberg variation, and so we don't find the humor in it. 
Instead, it sounds to us just like pretty music, which to me is proof that you need to know the culture from which a music comes comes to fully appreciate it and get all the end jokes that would go along with it. And so when we listen to the 30th Goldberg variation and we don't get the joke, we don't get the humor. It would be kind of like a musician 300 years in the future listening to all these instances of the lick sprinkled throughout jazz music but not getting the cultural context. So there you go. Classical music might sound fancy to us, but back when it was written, it could have just been somebody's joke remix of what the locals were toe-tapping to while quaffing their grog at the local honky-tonk. Keep putting on airs, and I'll keep being an airhead. Aaron. That was fantastic. Okay. That was some real nerd shit, but it very, that is genuinely very interesting. I've never thought about that that way. The idea that Bach was like remixing other jams and stuff Mm -hmm. at the time and that people understood that at the time, but it's been lost to the sands of time. Uh, Yeah, that's real interesting shit that I would never have assumed or thought of myself. So that was cool. That was cool. I got one more. It's a short one. Since that one, I've got to count that as three emails. Uh, This is the subject line, the Leonardo da Vinci Paradox. Yeah, you sent me this one, and I was going to pull it up because I thought you might miss it. Uh, So, But yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so hi fellows, or should I say Corey, since Trey can't be bothered to read these emails, uh, I saw that, let me defend, let me defend Trey here. Uh, if I wanted him to, he would. And there have been instances where my Mm. eyeballs were hurting and he did. So like that ain't a him thing. Now he would never sign into the account and fucking peruse them. I have to forward that's them to him. That's definitely so you're right what that. she means, buddy. That's like yeah, the right. second thing okay. is what she means. Yeah. <laughs> well, then never mind. So, I defend yeah, you none. It's enough. true. Yeah. I saw I saw this article about science understanding how Leonardo da Vinci described the paradox of bubbles underwater not going in a straight line. I didn't even know he had a paradox. Apparently, bubbles less than 0.926 millimeter diameter actually will rise in a straight fashion, but larger bubbles rise in a circular or corkscrew pattern. Ultra pure water will also bubble straight, which is what my initial guess was. Small microbes and such in water cause the bubbles to bounce around combined with the air forcing to the surface would look circular or a corkscrew pattern. Below is the article that I stumbled across. I am about scienced out for tonight. Stay fancy and looking forward to hearing your dad on the podcast. Jen, uh, I'm glad you sent me that article because I'm going to pin it here and I'm going to read it next time we do Fuck Yo Shit Up with Stocho, which I believe Mm -hmm. actually was on the episode last week uh, that we did. But hey, uh, y'all stay fancy. I will. I want to huh? say. I want to say one thing. I'm sorry. I can't. Okay. I can't not. Jen. Jen's email again. I'm going to reread the first line. She said, "Hi, fellows, or should I say, Corey? Since Trey can't be bothered to read these emails, notably, she spelled Trey T R E Y. So, Jen, <laughs> since you can't be bothered to spell my goddamn name right." I can't be bothered to give a damn. How about that? How's that sound, Jen? That's right. No, I'm just kidding. Suck I love it, Jen. You. I just wanted to point it. That's right, Jen. God damn it. Anyway. Uh, Suck it. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, stay fancy. Suck it, Jen. And uh, make sure to <laughs> download, make sure to download this show, like, subscribe, tell all your friends. That's very important. And uh, support our sponsors because that helps the show stay on the air. 
Uh, we love you, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. See you. Bye.